The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 30, where we will discuss personal holiness. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hey, good to be Thank here. You. Good to sir. Yes, Glad sir. to have you guys here again today as we discuss personal holiness. We're going to just jump right in uh, and start off with an explanation of what that is uh, to kind of give everybody um, some level playing ground as we as we talk about this subject. And then, gee, after we hear from an explanation, uh, just jump in. You got some good stuff for us. Yeah, I, I would say personal holiness is the lifelong um, pursuit in, in uh, I guess, as partnership with the Holy Spirit of your sanctification. And that would just be working out your salvation throughout all the time that the Lord gives you on this earth. So um, seeking to be holy as the Lord is holy, um, seeking to honor Christ in all things, seeking to crucify your flesh. I mean, those are, those are all passages that we're going to be talking about during our time together. But it's just seeking to be more Christ-honoring in each and every area of your life and, and just asking God to reveal your heart, to show you all the areas where you're lacking, where you're not bringing Him the glory that He deserves, and, and just asking you to conform Him uh, more and more into His image. So it's the, I would say that a summation of that is a lifelong su- uh, pursuit in like partnership with the Holy Spirit, again, um, to be more and more like Christ. Thank you for that. And, and Jesus, you're going to start us all the way back in the Old Testament in Leviticus. So go ahead and go ahead and get us started here. Yeah, in Leviticus uh, 19, uh, uh, starting in verse 2, it says, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. <clears throat> uh, the Israelites uh, from the Old Testament uh, were uh, set apart. Uh, the word holy means, literally means, uh, set apart. Uh, God chose the Israelites to be different. He chose them to be um, not uh, like everybody else. So they had the law. They had uh, God's law that they abided by. Uh, they uh, worshipped uh, the one and only God. Um, and they were uh, completely um, set apart for that, and and in today, um, uh, if you go forward uh, 3,500 years, uh, for us um, uh, Christians today, um, we too have been chosen and are set apart. We have been. Um, we are not. Uh, we're to be in this world, but not of this world. Um, and I would. Uh, I would. I would go as far as to say that you know do you blend in with the world uh do you 
Um, you know, what about you separates you um, from this world? And God has ch- called us to do that. If you think about uh, what, what God is saying, uh, to be holy because he is holy. God is holy. God is sinless. There's nothing about God uh, that um, there is no, there's nothing tainted, so to speak, about God. Even his anger and his wrath is righteous. Like everything about God is holy. And then you look at us, we are not. I mean, we are absolutely... Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't sound like what we preach here. <laughs> JK, JK. Basically, we're good people though, right, G? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but... Um, no, we're not holy by any standard of uh, by any one standard. Uh, we are not uh, holy. We are sinful. Uh, we are um, dead in our sins. And but God has called us to be holy. And how can that how can that be? How can we be holy? How can we possibly um, uh, be holy as God is holy? By God, that's how we're uh, to be holy. By being born again and to, by, by repenting and believing in Lord Jesus Christ, um, by having the Holy Spirit inside of us, sanctifying us daily and conforming us into the image of His Son. That's how we become holy. I think there's an important distinction that we need to make up front because a lot of people can, what well, creeps into religion to think the pursuit of holiness is what is what pleases God and therefore He accepts us based on our own holiness but what we're saying what you just said g is that the holiness which pleases god is granted to us by his grace through his son Uh, it's the holiness of christ imputed to us given to us Um, and and that's an important distinction that we want to start the foundation from is uh, and we'll get into it I'm, i'm sure but there's a pursuit that we're responsible for but it's a pursuit we could never even obtain if not for God's grace first and foremost to us. So what I'm hearing you say is that we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even go after that on our own. We wouldn't choose to do that, right? And we've, dis- we've discussed this several times on other shows. So even if we wanted what was best for ourselves, we, we are unable to choose that. Do you agree with this? Yeah, exactly. Dead means dead, right? Um, dead mean dead. Dead mean yeah. dead. <laughs> dead mean dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that we must be enabled to do by the power of God's Holy Spirit. If not, we're we're selfish beings. Everything that we do is selfishly motivated. We've we've said this a million times about, uh, you know, as you stated, Bobby. Um, there are people who do good things in the world's eyes, but in reality. Without Christ, all of our motivations and the ends are sinful because it's not out of a renewed heart. And that's why we're so dependent on grace. I know it, it, it's, it's so difficult for folks, even in, obviously, in Christian circles, and we see this all the time. It's the dividing line, and it's what makes fellowship difficult at times is when people want to have that ability and that control rather than fully relying on the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and that's the way we we teach here and what we believe the scriptures are consistent all the way. I think a lot of folks who struggle with those truths really don't know the Old Testament. Uh, they spend a lot of time in the New, and, and even through our reading program, 
uh, talking, talking with folks as we go through the entire Bible. Some Christians who struggle with God's sovereignty, when, when they read about some of the acts that God did, they struggle with with their theology. But when you understand just the need for grace all the way through and God's holiness, then the picture begins to open up for you, and then you're able to get on this pursuit and on this path to holiness. So let's, excuse me, let's look at the importance of holiness, because there's probably, there's definitely no one at this table, probably no one listening who would say, well, you know, we, we don't think that holiness is important. We'd all agree that, yes, holiness is important, but let's, let's look at some scripture and some, some background on the importance of holiness and where we see that being called out throughout scripture. Uh, one of my favorite passages is in Hebrews, and it says, Strive for peace, in chapter 12, verse 14, Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so if we know that no one will see the Lord without holiness, then it would be quite important for us to pursue that holiness. And we can't state that enough. And that. The importance of it is this, and you know, uh, G's already mentioned there in Leviticus. I mean, from the beginning, God is requiring of His people to be holy as He is holy, to to image Him in ways that go just that go beyond how He's created us, but also how He's redeemed us. And so, in in our redemption, we're 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 to image God. We we're to be holy as He is. And so, the importance is is that we will not stand before a holy God unless we are holy ourselves. Uh, if, we, if we stand before God uh, in, any shape in, or, or in any shape or form in our sin, we will rightly and justly be consumed by his wrath. And so it's important to strive for this holiness. And um, that, that's where I would definitely uh, settle in there. Yeah, I think, uh, I think again to go back, to where G began in, in Leviticus. It's in the middle of the holiness code. You know, this is one of the most un, well, out of context use passages. You know, when you go through the holiness code, when someone's an unbeliever that they bring up against the church, you know, well, do you make, wear mixed fibers? Do you do all these things? You know, do you, do you shellfish? Yes. You know, you know, trim your beard, all, all these things. And, and really they, they miss the beauty of the purpose of it. It was because, as you said, G, um, Israel was to be separate because they were God's people. They were to look different. They were to be different. They were to act different. They were to go without and forsake some things that the world would do. Why? Because of their testimony, because of who their father was, who had bought them, who had rescued them, who had delivered them. And so all of it points back to not just the appreciation, but a lifelong love that has been awakened by the grace of Jesus Christ to be, um, to be performed by the sacrifice of this world's goods in light of the holiness of, that God has called us to live by. Amen. And, uh, part, and just speaking about the Old Testament uh, law, um, you know, we're all bound by moral law. I mean, that's how we know sin. Um, but uh, I think ceremonial law, uh, the civil law or judicial law, as some would say, is meant for us to understand that we can never keep the law. Like we're sinners. We're, our, that's our inherent nature. And um, uh, God is saying 
again, saying for us to be holy as he is holy. And as uh, Johnny and Aaron are referencing, the only way we can be holy is through Jesus Christ, uh, a, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, knowing, uh, repenting and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him uh, uh, for our salvation. That's, that's how we are uh, to be holy, the Holy Spirit residing within our heart. Um, in 1 Peter uh, 1, uh, verses uh, 14 through 16, just going to the New Testament now, um, it reads, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And that passage begins, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Um, the Bible's uh, specifically saying, you know, don't revert back to your former lust, like what you um, did uh, prior to uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, we're all going to fall. We're all going to have... Um, uh, uh, none of us are perfect. We're, we are going to sin. Um, but, but the Bible is telling us uh, to be holy, to uh, not to revert back to who we once were. Um, don't be looking back. Um, look forward to Jesus Christ. Uh, also, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Um, how do we do that? We do that through, again, through a relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, the Holy Spirit sanctifying us daily, conforming us into the image of his son. And one of the big things in First Peter is it tells us that the importance of holiness, uh, personal holiness, is not just to stand right before God, but it's also uh, the the way that witnessing happens. Uh, think about chapter 2 where, where we're told uh, that the Christians uh, in that Peter's talking to there in Asia Minor are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And then it goes on to say, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and, ex and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So personal holiness is actually a, a prime part of witnessing to a world that knows they are different because of personal holiness. And this gets into 1 Peter 3.15, which you quote often, G. You know, we, we should always be ready to give a defense for the hope that we have. Why? Because people are persecuting us because we look different. Um, that's what, that's a, a prime example of the importance of personal holiness as a, as a follower of Christ. So we've got these examples throughout the scripture. Let's move this towards some practicality. Um, how do we strive for the holiness that is right in the eyes of God? And, and how, how do we get there individually, personally? And maybe speak to how that kind of ripples and affects through the church. And as Johnny was mentioning a minute ago, our impact on the world around us. Uh, because, you know, one thing that, that I saw as I was looking through this is, you know, and, and he, he hit it right there, Johnny did, is that how can we hold others accountable if 
we're not striving for greater personal holiness, how are we to discipline correctly in the church? How are we to um, call others uh, to correction, you know, under the law, under Christ's law, and, and, you know, what he says we need to be doing if, if we ourselves are not in a place of, of true holiness and at least striving for holiness? Well, we need to be people who are always repenting, right? And, and pointing others to that standard. I mean, you know, just thinking when you guys were reading the scripture, I was thinking of, you know, Christ giving those difficult words when he was saying, you know, <laughs> those who look back are not worthy of me, right? Let the dead bury the dead. Jesus kept going and pushing, you know, pushing the line further and further uh, to make it clear those who were truly his disciples would accept these difficult teachings. And, and I think as we've been learning on Sunday mornings through John 15, uh, Bobby, that it, it, it begins with obedience, yielding to the scriptures. You know, if there is a lack of obedience in, li- in our lives, then there's a lack of love for Christ. I mean, Jesus makes it, that, he makes it that clear. Those of you who struggle completely and always, and you are always in utter struggle, um, there needs to be a questioning of your heart and in the reality of your conversion, just because simply um, we will have struggle. Yes, that, that proves where we know we're at war. But the fact of the matter is, if there's no obedience, there's no heart for obedience, as Jesus said, you must be born again to be able to please God. So, there has to be a working of God, and then, then there must be balance, right? We need to have grace for others who aren't on the same path as us or in the same, you know, same place as us. Those who, uh, you know, Love Cafe teaches us that, to have some patience with, uh, <laughs> which is fresh in our minds, some patience with people who you may want to give a lot of law and they need some more gospel, right? Um, but just thinking of all those things, to be obedient in yourself, always be Always be repenting, but always be, again, as we've, as we've said as well very often, we're pointing others to the higher, not ourselves, not our own perfection and our own obedience, but the beauty of Christ and the reason why we've given our lives in this pursuit, the reason why we give up the world's goods and all of the world's comforts and cares is because we see Christ as our highest treasure, and that's what leads us and guides us into this pursuit. Yeah, and another practical thing is there's kind of two sides. There's either one which I mentioned earlier, um, pursuing holiness or trying to be obedient without God's grace, uh, which can be legalistic and will always fall flat, will be burdensome um, and a yoke that you can't possibly carry. But then there's also the other side, which I think many uh, Christians and so-called Christians might fall into, but the idea of... um, you you receive God's grace and uh, well God's gracious and that's good for me and I'm not going to strive for anything uh, because it's all God it's all God's grace I want Him to be glorified all those things sound really great well how is God most glorified in His grace towards us well that grace enabling us to walk in obedience towards Him this is what Jesus was talking about being obedient shows your love for God because it's showing that the grace of God has taken root in you. Uh, Think again of Peter's words in Second Peter 1, which uh, says uh, in, in verse 3, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Um, it goes on to say, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. It goes on to list a bunch of uh, attributes, basically, that a believer should have. And so a testimony of personal holiness is to 
see the grace of God that's brought you to life, that's opened your eyes to the light of the gospel, and then to every single day say, I need that grace to walk in obedience before God, to be holy, to be, Man, to look more like Jesus every single day. And there's gonna, there's always gonna be this growing, uh, I, I like to call it this like holy discomfort. The more and more you look like Jesus, the more and more you realize I need that much more grace today to continue on. You don't, you don't reach a point suddenly where you're like, okay, well, I, I think I got this on my own today. But as, as you continue on in your walk with Christ, uh, you can look back and go, if I don't have the grace of God and the mercy of God that's new every morning today, I will fall and I will fall hard. Um, and so it's a practically, you know, Bobby, like you said, it would be understanding first and foremost, I need God's grace today to walk in holiness. Without it, um, I will I will not be able to. Amen. And then uh, just real quickly, um, First Peter one thirteen. I left that out on purpose because I wanted to um, give some practical application as to how we should, um, you know, pursue holiness. Uh, again, First Peter one thirteen says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. That's reading your Bible. That's praying. That's fellowship with the saints. That's coming to church. That's serving uh, your Lord wherever uh, you you are, uh, whether at church or at home or at work. Um, I think I think about this passage, and I think about when I was in the military, how like if we were uh, to go into um, combat, we would prepare ourselves. We wouldn't just go into combat not knowing what we were going to do. We would prepare. We would we would run over these drills over and over and over again. We would prepare for battle, like this. And this is what the Lord is telling us to do too: prepare for battle. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be prepared, and being sober-minded, think about what you're going to be doing. Um, you know, be wise, be discerning. Don't just run into uh, these situations um, and um, uh, ruin your witness, so to speak. Uh, you need to um, be mindful of the Lord wherever uh, you are, whatever you're doing, whatever uh, situation you're in. Be mindful of the Lord. Who are you representing uh, to the world? You're representing Jesus Christ. And then set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, don't look behind you. Look forward. Look to Jesus Christ. The hope that lies within us, right? Jesus Christ is coming back. And uh, that is our hope. You, you mentioned it in there just a second, uh, just a little bit. G, a point, uh, thing I want you guys to speak to for just a minute. Um, because we are talking about personal holiness and we're, we've kind of centered it around the person themselves but what role does the fellowship of the believers have in this this process of personal holiness you know we it's easy for us to sit here and say you know be at church and and you know we we recognize well we should recognize the importance of being here um but but how would you say that um the gathering together of saints how does that affect personal holiness. Well, I think the timing of this this episode is 
is very is very good because I think honestly in almost every asset or aspect we we struggle. Um, a lot of times that you'll see a lot of ladies groups who do well with with empathizing. You know, um, they ladies are so good at understanding the feelings aspect of like an, an issue, right? And even in the church, and but yet unfortunately, there's not a lot of pointing to holiness a lot of times in those groups. It's you're good the way you are. You need to accept yourself, forgive yourself, all these all these things that are self-driven rather than being pointed to Christ a lot. And that's why, the, unfortunately, you see a lot of conferences and stuff that are, that are for ladies that, that just end up being empty, you know. And then on the other end, us men, a lot of times we are just, you know, we'll just do the joke thing but then we'll never get to an intimate level of discussion on actually what's going on in our lives. We put on a front around each other. We, you know, we're tough and this stuff, but we're really falling apart. What's, what really needs to happen is a marriage between those two things. We need to be involved in each other's lives and we need to be open and honest. And that's where church discipline comes in. You know, that's where a love of holiness comes in and saying, okay, Bobby, I see you're in this error. I want to point you to Christ because I love you. And you understanding that I'm not, I'm not coming to railroad you or say that I'm better than you or, or vice versa for you or G or, or Johnny, but you understand that my heart for you is holiness and that also you have that license to speak that into my life. And so I think it's a marriage of all of those things. And, and I think the sad, the sad uh, state of the church right now is that we are not on a level that we need to be emotionally, and, and spiritually, um, because we're not allowing others to do so. And so we're either not pointing to the higher or we're just not opening up and being vulnerable with each other. Yeah, it take, it take, that takes some humility to get to, to, get to that point. I, I'll let you jump in, G. I just want to read these. I, I love these verses, and it is, they, these are humbling verses when we talk about any time that we talk about gathering of believers. It comes from Acts chapter 2, and it's just talking about the fellowship of believers. Go ahead, man. That's what I was going to say. Hey, I beat you to one, finally. <laughs> yes. I mean, th- this is just... this is just. You just have to say not my words first. <laughs> okay, yes. These are not my words. Um, but I did steal them before G got to say them, so I'm going to add that in there. Uh, but these are humbling words, but, man, they're such sweet, beautiful words when it comes to the church. And so it's Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, which would include personal holiness right there. You know, they had that same, same outlook. And, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I mean, that is straight up humbling. And I think it's a good, it's a good place to, to kind of answer the question I started this with. What's the, what's the value in fellowship when it comes to personal holiness, well, there you see it right there at the end. If we put the importance of personal holiness on ourselves and then we come here as a group of believers, all like-minded, we see the result that, that the Lord is going to, to do if we come humbly and 
are willing to accept that, you know, we are not there, but we want to be there and we're going to strive to be there. Yeah. We have to seriously consider when, when we're talking with one another, when we're gathering together, what is God's will for your life, for my life? And I think about this, I mean, I've had to have, to have a couple tough conversations with some people I love dearly in our congregation um, lately. And, and I asked them the question, you know, what what does God care most about for you? Because I want I want to care about that most for you. And Scripture is plainly clear on that. First Thessalonians four: This is the will of God for you, your sanctification or your holiness. And so, when when I see things, and, and I want it to be the same for the people in my life, when they see me doing things that do not promote my holiness before God, to to come and, and and not to berate me and you know just hit me over the head with with my sin, but to be like, hey, we care about you and we care about your holiness uh, because that's what God cares most about in your life, and so that's where the community of of the saints is such a beautiful thing, is because as Aaron said earlier, uh, very early in in the episode, is um, you know. There's we're not pointing one another to ourselves or our standard. We're all together pointing us to Christ, and I mean that is that is what Matthew seven's about. That a standard that goes beyond ourselves that can remove planks and help remove specks is a standard that well we just want everyone to see well. We want we want the standard of of Christ, the pure and holy example, to be the standard that we all strive to uh, to strive after. So. As we start to wrap up here, um, take a couple of seconds, and it may all be the exact same from all of you, but what would you challenge us as listeners and and our church? Like, what would you say as the challenge um, when we are trying to focus our attention towards personal holiness? What sort of challenge would you put out to say, uh, I don't know, to push us to work, to strive, to reach personal holiness, uh, some sort of goal that that we're looking for when we're talking about this type of thing. God gave us His Word. I don't know how to express uh, the importance of, uh, you know, just as the Bible was saying, you know, preparing yourself um, for uh, for the day, like you, um, you know for life like you've got to be in god's word you've got to um not just reading god's word i know i've said this before but i'm saying it again because it's so important like study god's word like know god's word there's a reason that god gave us his word it wasn't to collect dust on a shelf it was for us to understand him to understand uh, who he is to have a closer walk with him to uh, be obedient to him, uh, to know to know who who he is. That's how much he loved us. He gave us his word, and so I would um, start there. Um, you know, uh, reading your reading God's word, and also prayer. Um, let your petitions be known to um, a holy God. Uh, God loves. His children, God loves us. You know, even the hairs on our head are numbered. You know, have, um, 
if I want to have a relationship with Christy, you know, I'm going to talk to her. You got to count gonna, her hairs. Right. Her well, I don't know if I could do that, but <laughs> like <laughs> she's got a thick full of hair. So. Um, <laughs> Christy's like, you know how to talk to me, G. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I bet you have a sandwich waiting on you right now, Gary. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I'd look and see what's in it, but you know. <laughs> but uh, sorry. So is that so? That's where I would leave that reading and understand the importance of that. God hears us when we pray. Literally, the God of this universe hears us and gave us His Word to know Him, to obey Him, to love Him. Well, I. I think, isn't it funny how it always comes back to you? I know you, you feel like you repeat it a lot, but the reason is because you should, Gary, is that reading your Bible and prayer are the bedrock and foundations of a good Christian life. And if you don't understand what the hype is, then maybe you should try it and figure out what the fruit is all about because <laughs> this is why you do those two things with your fellowship. And if you're struggling in your life... Um, I can tell you and generally point back to one of those areas where you're hurting. I don't care what Christian you are. Um, you cut off your supply line, you're hurting. And God does that on purpose because he wants more for you than a Caleb song, you know, and then maybe prayer during food, you know. Uh, and he deserves more than that. So I think our sanctification in, in the result of that and the result of our obedience because we've been able by Christ is fruit, right? You talked about... Like, you read in Acts 2, that, I love that passage. It's one of my favorite patches, passages in all the Scripture. Because they're bearing fruit. Why? Because they're being obedient. Uh, we look at Galatians 5, um, 22 through 24, says, But the fruit of the Spirit, we all know this, right? Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But here it is, guys. This is the end. This is, this is the the, the culmination of all that, this is the heart of the person who's obedient and, those fruit, and that fruit is actually coming to fruition. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, right? Is there anything more difficult in our day? We are led by our passions and desires. The thing is, that's not a bad thing if it's Christ, right? So we crucify the flesh and its desires to fulfill our greatest desire and what we've been created to do, and that's image our Father in heaven. Be killing Santa, it will be killing you. Yeah, yeah. solid. <laughs> <laughs> My last, um, you know, practical way to do it uh, comes from the Word of God. Probably the most prominent thing, especially in our age and culture today. Flee from sexual morality. Every other sin is a uh, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. And, I mean, what a, I mean, it was a prime exhortation back then and certainly one for today. Uh, flee from sexual immorality, whatever that might be for you. Um, it is all around us and um, run from it. Turn, turn the phone off, the computer off, whatever it might be. Um, if you have your spouse, love them and love them well. If you don't, wait with a purpose and, um, and, and love your future spouse for the glory of God.
Amen. Gentlemen, thank you for um, today. Thank you for uh, always being honest and truthful and, and pointing us to Christ on our on our journey through each of these episodes. Um, I think we got some good content laid out today, and so I appreciate you guys very much. Um, Pastor Aaron, will you close us in prayer, please? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Definitely, Father, we come to you taking taking so seriously the calling that you've given us. Father, before the foundation of this world, you chose us as your own. And in time and in history, you sent your precious son to bleed and die and to rise again, to deliver our souls from the damnation that we deserved. And Father, you are good enough, good enough to call us by the power of your spirit and to seal us until the day of redemption. Lord, may we see the gift that you've given. May we see the love that you've shown. May we be humbled and broken. And may we seek to, to be the light, Lord, as you have given us the light. And may we shine for your glory. May you be honored in all that we do. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.